0: Hey, I'm Morty from All Day Soccer, and you are listening to Radio Eight Ball with Andros Jones. Welcome to Radio
1: Eight Ball. Give us a shake. We're here in the studio, tempting fate. Whoever.
2: Less jobs, oh, more yeah. pay. Now more jobs, less pay. Because in the old days, there's three networks. Yeah. I mean, if you were on emptiness, which I was, you know, you only had two shows that you were in competition with. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I did like two yeah. other yeah. programs the whole nation was watching. That, yeah, that's insane.
3: And how does that work between like movies and And television, like, do you get like and commercials? You
2: do. You get residuals with Uh, movies, yeah. Uh, It all depends on the movie, you know. I mean, I guess there's been some small movies you've gotten great residuals from, and Mm -hmm. like the Hateful Eight, no residuals.
0: Oh, Mm -hmm. yet.
2: Can I say that about the Weinstein Company? Oh yeah, (laughs) shit. We don't want to get into the Harvey Weinstein. I mean, I could tell you this off camera.
3: We're not, there's no camera. Oh
2: wait, a, he's, <clears throat> never mind. He's, he's an asshole to males too.
3: <laughs> not only females, but yeah. males. And he, he
2: acted as if, well, it's just, he's a, not a nice guy. Unless you're a huge star, which you know, you know, that's what is crazy about that business is that everybody is tainted if they made it. You've done yeah. some crazy shit if you if you've made it oh no you know you've gone to hotel rooms for auditions uh, put yourself in precarious situations I mean I did a long time ago I got I got got, got, there was a female manager that remained nameless she sexually harassed me and uh, you know I didn't play the game and all she, all anybody has to do is go and go. Hey, you know, Craig. He's hard to work with, and that's all they have to do. Oh, that's yeah. all they have to do. That's it. You know I
0: mean? Oh yeah, you know yeah. That? If you're not hard to work with in this town, <laughs> <laughs> there's something wrong with you. Yeah, totally right. <laughs> 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 sort of should be yeah, the should new. This resume. should be the new standard. Yeah, like yeah, it's like your if you have if you mark, skills. Yeah. yeah hard, hard to, to work, work with. with. <laughs> that's like <laughs> aces. <laughs>
2: this guy um, is going places an offshoot of Gretch. it was like people who were working yeah, at the factory like, so they can't, looks, that, that looks like a Gretsch yeah then it probably is it feels like a um, jazz guitar you know I mean not that I would know <laughs> <laughs> you know I watched a couple of jazz documentaries <laughs> I'm an expert <laughs> right tell that's us, all the, tru- tell us tell all the truth tell us the truth which, which jazz guitarist did you play yeah, right. Uh, well, let's see. Is there Wes Montgomery?
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Did he play jazz? <laughs> play was he a guitarist? He, he didn't look
3: anything like you.
2: Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> why I can get away with it. Of course, nobody knew that in those days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was before the internet.
0: Yeah, or photography. Or photography. Yeah. But you know, before do, the internet,
2: <laughs> you had to really be into stuff to know... Remember those days? That's like true. you had to really be into film yeah, go to go.
0: Yeah, to know, you know who was, know he, who was what, and who, who what was, was being sexually know. harassed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: well, you know who the cinematographer of yeah, Citizen Kane was, and all that stuff. It was, it was. Uh, uh, Greg Toland? Greg Toland. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're in film. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're equally in in music and film.
0: I am equally not in music. <laughs> equally <laughs> not, not in music. And music. <laughs> yes. I'm equally, uh, but I saw your resume.
2: You did a lot of films.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, let's just do this. Let's, uh, you know, we, you know, we, especially if you're going to be, you know, singing my praises, let's do it during yeah. the
2: show. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs>
0: Okay, let's do this. <addloading> and we're back, and could you just go circle back on the, uh, what you were saying <laughs> about, oh, goodness. Goodness. about Okay. That. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. And welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host. Andras Jones, here in the studio with the band Myrna. Hello, Myrna. Hey. That's Carly Bond of Myrna, here with Rob and Andrew. The band, Uh, playing the oracle uh, fodder for our musical divinations, and we have a very illustrious guest in the house, an actor of note and a very cool cat with so many, so many life stories to tell, we just won't be able to get to all of them. But here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the great Craig Stark. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, Craig. God bless you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and I, I met Craig through someone who's been a guest on the show in the past, Alexis Smart. Oh, uh, yeah, my neighbor. Craig's neighbor. <laughs> and she's super cool. She only knows the coolest people.
2: And she gave me a present last night, well, to, yeah. to give to someone. that it, that uh, She said, I only have wrapping paper that Robert Plant gave me.
0: Oh, oh, see, that's how and cool I thought, she I is. I thought that was cool. Oh yeah, flower essence. Her flower essence, essence remedies. Music. I recommend it for
2: all artists. It will help you with uh, your careers.
0: Flower remedies. <laughs> and uh, and so yeah. Well, people, the, you've been in, you've done so many interesting things. Uh, I always like to brag about how you were in the Hateful Eight because first of all because i'm i'm uh, i'm in love with the number 8 obviously right. and i'm in love with quentin tarantino uh, in his films
2: he's a lovable guy we
0: were talking about it earlier and i mentioned that you were in the hateful eight and they were like oh is that the film where they beat up on and i really thought they were going to be talking about jennifer jason lee but it turned out that you guys you messed with a guitar and they will not they will have none of it they were like was that the film where they <laughs> broke that Martin guitar (laughs) and I'm like I always loved it I was like okay well I mean of course there's some questionable behavior towards Jennifer Jason Lee but that was consensual but that guitar didn't ask for that Craig it's not your fault no it's not you're not not the director on this but were you around when this happened no
2: well I I was around but I wasn't in the studio uh, when it happened but you know that um, in all honesty Quentin didn't know I mean actually that is probably a (laughs) prop persons uh because they had eight is the same same prop had, person from the crow <laughs> oh sorry well, you know and that's that's when horrible. Jennifer Jason Lee goes no 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 yeah that's not in the script that she knew that that was the guitar and Oof. she was the only one that knew of course kurt didn't know uh you know oh. because uh because they had like i said i think they had seven or eight other prop guitars that yeah. did like that for the smash and um, yeah it's unfortunate as we all know You know, no, none of those guitars come back and they're all I, I, you know you guys can tell me but my understanding is old guitars have life from that you can't replicate in new oh, guitars yeah. right because no way it's like the wood is been shaped like that for a long time and yeah. has a language mm-hmm. of its own you know and a, a resonance so yeah but I think they they did pay a pretty price for it you know I mean they but we can't
0: bring it can't back. bring it back can't yeah. bring it back yeah no I mean I, I just I, I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there now I want to go back and look at that moment yeah. when Jennifer Jason Lee when Kurt Russell takes the guitar it's not the actress anymore she's like you can beat up on me all you want but don't no 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 yeah. <laughs> like, she never yeah. says no when he's about to punch her Oh, but when he grabs that guitar.
2: Right, but like, you know, all good actors, she went on with the scene because they did, you know, they're shooting in 70mm and that jazz, but, uh, you know, an actor is in the scene, and it's not an actor's job to take care of props. Right. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. And so I don't, you know, if there is a blame, you know, and I'm not saying there is, but it definitely wasn't Quentin or the cinematographer or the actor's fault. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was one of the unfortunate things about. the happening of that movie. When I heard about it, I, as a former musician, I thought the same thing. Like, what a, what a waste of a great guitar.
0: I mean, we're talking about how they treated Jennifer Jason Lee badly, and they treated the guitar badly. They didn't treat you too nicely either. That's true. Your character ends up. We can't even say what my character. We can't even say what up. happens to your character. I mean, did you guys
2: see the movie and got? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: You know who I play?
2: No. Okay. Uh, you remember the. Um, story that Sam Jackson tells about Bruce Stern's son his revenge about, against Bruce Stern's son know, and, uh, and the guys walking the guy naked through the snow that's me and <laughs> 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 a beard down to here <laughs> <laughs> so I can kind of walk the streets but you know, uh, I do get weird art sent to me <laughs> <laughs> uh, from fans which I appreciate but you know
0: uh, I thought you were going to say, I do get some weird looks in the gym. No. no, <laughs> like, no, no. But, you know, it was uh, <laughs> It's funny. Quentin
2: called me and asked me if I wanted to do the role. And, he, and I said, Of course. You know, he explained the role to me. I said, Of course. He goes, Well, you know, think about it. Hang up. Think about it, you know, because it is nudity and all that. And so I had to hang up. And, you know, I was sitting there waiting <laughs> yeah. just to call him back. And I called him back like 20 seconds later and <laughs> said, I'll do it. Because, I mean, you know, like one guy, you know, I get crap from people. Can you say crap on the yeah, radio? Yeah, there's a
0: podcast. You can say whatever you want. Okay. You could sh- actually say what they did to you
2: uh, well, in the film. Oh, well, I mean, for those of you who haven't seen it, I uh, he walks me, tortures me, uh, you know, he walks me naked through the snow. Um, and, you know, I'm begging for a blanket that he never gives me, basically. And um, I even do a sexual act. To try to get the <laughs> blanket, which uh, you know we're method actors, but I had to tell my mom I really didn't give Sam Jackson the blanket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but did that disappoint her, or did that was that she was hoping that? would No, when well, my mom yeah. called me up and she's so proud, she was going to
2: bring the church group <laughs> to the movie, to the Hateful Eight, to the Hateful Eight <laughs> of all movies, and um, you know because. My mom's, you know, she, I'm from a very small town in the South, and, you know, she's um, a pillar in the community, and and everybody supports everybody back there, and she's very proud. And, and, of course, I had to tell her about, you know, what was going on, and she goes, oh, well, it's acting, right? <laughs> I said, yes, Mom, it's, it's all fake. You know, um, I mean, you know, guys have come up to me and goes, hey... How was it giving Sam Jackson a blowjob? And, and I always tell him the price that they paid me to do that. So right. I and mean, they shut up. Which <laughs> I won't tell, <laughs> yeah. tell the audience what they paid me. Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing: in that film, I think you have to see it a couple of times because there's several things happening at once, and that's why he shot it in 70 millimeter. And that's why you, you know, when you see it in the theater in a big screen, which any movie, in my opinion, should be bigger than you. The screen actually should be bigger than you because. Mm-hmm. Then you can see things that you can't see on a small screen. I mean, I'm a big, you know, I don't see any movie on an iPad or uh, or even my television screen, which is huge. You know, it's like 80 inches. But when something's big, especially in that movie, you know, he got criticized for shooting it in 70 millimeter. And he, most of the scenes are indoors. But if you watch it several times, there's several things happening at once that you can get. From the 70 millimeter, because you know, it's something happening over here that that someone doesn't know about over here, and it's in pieces of the puzzle kind of fall together in different ways with every showing. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, um, in this day and age, you get uh, you know, I don't know uh, how long movies stay in the theater anymore unless they're you know, a Marvel comic book. um,
0: Well, luckily, Quentin Tarantino owns a theater, so he can keep. and yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can always you can see it at, come watch, at the it New Beverly, yeah. which is the
2: greatest theater in the world. I'm not just plugging it, but it's like you see a movie for I think it's
0: seven or eight bucks. Uh,
2: Popcorn was, and a coke's like five bucks.
0: It was my film school when yeah. I was a teenager. I mean, and when I first moved out to Hollywood, I just.
2: Do you remember Big and Tall books? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. I saw uh, they might be giants record release show for the Apollo 18. <laughs> yeah, we had and we had.
2: A, I owned part of that that so coffee shop. It. I owned the video department really? of that coffee shop. Oh wow! Yeah, and that's and you, of course we'd all walk down to the New Beverly because it's right down the street. But that was a happening place again before the internet, where people would <laughs> come out come and come actually at, meet each other. Meet each other. I yeah. mean, you know, it was like three or four hundred people there every day.
0: You know, just so, just so you know, we are on the Internet right now.
2: I'm not putting down the Internet. <laughs> you can put it down. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying, that, you know, when down. you look in people's eyes and you yeah. go and you meet them, it's a little bit different. It's true. You know, it is. Uh, although, like we talked about before, uh, you know, in the old days, there was very few places or few jobs. And yeah. Now there's more access to everything, which is great, which is lovely. But I still think... You know, after you listen to this iPod, you need to turn
0: off your phone or whatever and go out and see the world for the rest of the day. Yeah, well, that's give the, the day. Well, give this is where we're going to get <laughs> to your. We're going to get uh, this. is Actually, a good place because this is where the the web meets. I don't know the experiential reality, which is where your question engages the pop oracle and, and, and generates some synchronicity. So, do you have a question for the pop oracle prepared, Craig? No, I didn't. But no, I, see, I, I, I no do. matter how many times I tell people, they yeah. they show up and they're like, "Oh, yeah. yeah, I have a question. It's okay. Well, you know, we'll we'll find something for you." What, well, I mean, your question
2: always has to do with my career, basically.
0: Well, you know, that's I I, I mean, have been the legitimate? theme of this show is it today seems to be ask a selfish question. So, as an actor, I know that, you those. should <laughs> you should be able to manage that.
2: Well, right now, I am trying to switch gears a little bit and do a little bit more writing and producing and stuff and uh, i'm writing a screenplay right now yeah um and i guess my question is not am i going to finish it but am i going to get this thing made
0: okay can you uh just so that while we're listening to the song maybe we have some touchstones can you tell us anything about the screenplay well,
2: this is about an old man at the end of his life trying to find redemption. He's destroyed his family over his uh, lifetime, and he's trying to redeem himself to his family. Okay. And um, of course, I did the Hateful Eight with Bruce Stern, uh, and I thought of him immediately. He's a guy that, at the end of his life, but he has a lot of fire.
0: I can so, believe man. that he, at the end of his life, would be like just the character that he's played. Yeah. If he was, if that character. Was to look back on his life. He's done some really awful things. Yeah. Like in Coming Home, he, was, played, a, he was a bastard. Band. He was yeah, a he mean played, guy. He, that guy grew up and got all... Yeah. Sorry. Well, you know,
2: Bruce... Great actor. That generation grew up yeah. in a, in a dip- different atmosphere. And, oh, yeah. And I think um, they saw the world change really more than most of us. Most of us are used to the change. And, and like our generation is kind of the bridge of that change. And, of course, you're a lot younger and you guys just known this world but uh before it was uh you know i guess it was a man's world and he could and they played those kind of roles and and uh they did stuff that kind of thought of themselves in a way of being the oracle of change you know those guys uh not thinking too much about equality uh although you know those actors in the background did Mm -hmm. they had to play guys they're flawed Mm -hmm. you know I mean that's what any good story is about about someone who's flawed who's trying to
0: Um, but I'm thinking particularly and this uh, this is actually I think it's one of the things that makes Bruce Dern great is that he couldn't be an unpleasant person and be working as much as he is but he seems like the characters he plays are unpleasant people I'm thinking of the driver like his role in Mm -hmm. the driver and he's just a well, oh, you know, like, I, like I, it's, it's, I always think that's a very interesting thing for like I think of maybe like of a Glenn Close as being the same kind of thing, like someone like she is so great yeah. at playing people you would never, ever want to meet. And what is it to like to wear that face all yeah. the time and be yeah. successful as a movie star and all of that as someone who I can't think of very many roles where Bruce, Bruce Dern plays the guy who's like warm and cuddly. And yeah. You're like, oh, that's Mr. Likable. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right.
2: what's interesting about we we I had this conversation with with someone just recently is about all the actors that play bad guys or, or yeah. mean ladies or whatever you want to call it. It's it, they're usually the nicest people in real life. They have to be. They have to be. Yeah, yeah. because you can't walk around with that kind of. Uh, uh, you know, even tenacity to, towards someone to, to, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a character. I think it's a look. I think it's a, an energy, but it's also like a fire that they, in a, in a passion that they have, that they bring to, towards, you know, not, I mean, because, you know, there's the light and the dark, and it's almost the same thing when it's at an extreme, you know, and these people that get cast over and over again. As the bad guy or the or, or, or the antagonist uh, usually have the meatier roles. I mean, because if you're playing the protagonist, you you, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's you know they're not as meaty and 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 and, and juicy as the bad guys. Uh, they're less screen time, perhaps, but the screen time that they have is pertinent to the story and bringing the story forward. Whereas the protagonist usually has to wait around for things to happen, mm-hmm. and the antagonist is just what it means. It's like they're always pushing the story forward. And I, you know, like I've come to terms. I, I mostly play bad guys. Of course, I'm a white male, and so I'm always going to play a bad guy. Now <laughs> uh, we're at the end of the line.
0: So I, with the southern accent too. So and can, with the southern yeah. accent,
2: it's, it's it's you know you're gonna <laughs> you know you're gonna play. Um, someone who's, you know, in a story that's not up to standards of what society is right now, you know, in in terms of uh, progression. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I prefer it because you get a lot more roles. And, you know, and those guys that play the protagonists, I mean, they're always, you know, uh, I guess the best looking guys kind of all vying for that one role. And it's, you know, it's a tough Tough competitive business, anyway, but that section of the business is particularly competitive, and you know, very few roles for all those dreamers that come to want to play the hero. You know, uh, now I grew up in the you know, watching the movies in the 70s, and the anti hero was, was all that's, that's why that's the why Bruce Stern came uh, leading man in, in films in the 70s. Um, that wouldn't have happened in any of any other era. But, you know, um, getting, you know, like right now, he's, I think he's 80, and he still has, you know, he's not like an old man that's done. He has so much passion and fire within him. I mean, you know, if you saw him in The Hateful Eight, it, he was sitting in a chair the whole time, and he's explosive out of that chair. You know, I mean, he doesn't have to get up and walk around and be... You know, uh, threatening in any way, he can just do it through his voice and his <laughs> instrument, which is you know, uh, he's just an old pro. You know, he's been around. Yeah. yeah well, he's killed John Wayne and all the other big wigs.
0: <laughs> I was gonna go. That's only place we could go, but I want to stick with your question. We, now we uh, we we do have a nice picture of the question. So the question is: Will not only will you finish the script, which of course you'll finish it, but yes, will you get it be able to get it made? Yeah, I mean there's a lot yeah. of great scripts not made. Oh, believe me. I've written one of them. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> always always, right? <laughs> just said said every actor in in Hollywood, you know, um, it's just
2: about getting it to that person that clicks with that kind of story.
0: And well, yeah, I mean you if, know, you know, yeah. Bruce Dern, would that's the kind of role he he does, you know, he deserves his
2: Or Jack. You know, I just saw I just saw Jack Nicholson and uh, we are going to go down
0: that road. We are going to go down that road if you're of right. your entra- entree to Hollywood. I mean, yeah, I mean, we could
2: talk about that all day. What you know, but we welcome
0: could- to Hollywood, Mir and I. This is this, <laughs> is, this right. is this is a story. Okay, buckle up. Okay,
2: I well, when I first got to Hollywood, my first job was with Marlon Brando as a security guard, if you can believe it, and it was. <laughs> Before security guards were, you know, 911, Mr. Brando, you know, with your pieces. And, it was before all that, <laughs> I would say it was like, you know, babysitting in a way, you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing. <clears throat> so I worked for Marlon for about three years at his place because someone had escaped from some place and crashed his gate, and my car was the gate for three years until they got this gate up uh and then his his neighbor is jack nicholson and i went to work for jack uh and built a club called helena's uh, back in the day in the 80s and um kind of you know worked for the nicholsons a lot on and off through the years i'm real good friends with his, his daughter jennifer because you know like i'm not best friends with jack because he's older than me uh, but uh, me and jennifer are about the same age and You know, anyway, we, um, anyway, to get back to, I just saw Jack in March, and, and, uh, you know, he's, I mean, that guy is, he's in such great shape. I mean, I know there's rumors and stuff that he maybe doesn't, I I don't know what the rumors are, but, like, he hasn't worked in a while. And I think it's just because, you know, he's waiting around for a great script, and there's not a lot of great scripts anymore, you know, because, I don't know, you know, I guess he's not given the roles, like, uh, with any person you know the bulk of the rows or or, or, you know also
0: i mean for a guy like him he's got to be setting the bar really really high like why why bother his legacy is pretty well set yeah um cinematically well i want to bring it back to your question now because i i just always think that that's like that's the story that everyone imagines like gonna move out to hollywood and then they get a job working for brando and then get a job working for jack nicholson and that's their Entree to Entree to Hollywood. I met the guy who wrote the movie The Short Thing. That was cool. (laughs) 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 Anyway, (laughs) but let's let's do do the musical divination here, because we're going to have time to talk after that. So the question is, will you get your script about the aging man at the end of his life contending with his sins and whatnot made? And now to engage the pop oracle, you get to spin... The wheel of eight, Ugh. na 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 na, we love it. And it is song number seven. Oh, this is perfect. Oh. Wildest eyes, <laughs> wild, because that's Bruce Dern's eyes. Oh yeah, that's great. Sir
3: so Jack Nicholson's, <laughs> yeah. Thank
1: The catalyst The last straw had your tongue tied When we first kissed life here comes a bitter polls
0: That yeah. was yeah. Wildest Eyes from Myrna. <laughs> the answer to Craig Stark's question Will he get his screenplay about the older gentleman at the end of his life? Potentially with Bruce Stern, potentially with Jack Nicholson, potentially with some other. Do Old geezer, big star. That can uh, will, it, will it get? Will it get made? <laughs> yes. So, uh, so before we get into the interpretation, a beautiful song, really yeah. gorgeous song. Carly, you want to tell Thanks. us a little bit about the background, where it comes from?
3: Uh, sure. Uh, I think it comes from a little place of resentment and anger. Um, just for the, I guess like for dishonesty and um, untruth with like an untrue heart.
2: Mhm. Yeah. Well, it fits that. the business, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I, I was curious oh, what yeah. uh you had that that thing where you said in your life like where right, you did this stylized <laughs> yeah. vocal like everything you have this yeah. very hypnotic tone and it was almost it was like an like a, an actor actory moment <laughs> in it. Is there what was that, uh, what are you thinking of when you do, like, what is that?
3: I love Kate Bush. Yeah? Um, <laughs> yeah? Kate Bush and David Bowie helped me out a lot this year. So uh-huh. Being, being more sassy in myself, I guess. I like it. Um, but I think those are just, like, the hard-hitting points of the course.
0: I just, I... Was, Dropping bombs. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. <laughs> it had impact. It had impact. <laughs> So, so Craig, now what did you, uh, were there any, was there anything part of anything in there that, look at the lyrics oh, yeah, here, here. <laughs> sorry, I look wrote them in the, the car. Look on those, those
2: Yeah, white lies, you know, I mean, the last straw, I mean, this guy, you know, it's, it, it fits because this is my answer to being at the end of my rope with this business, Mm -hmm. you know, because, uh, there is a, you know, there is so far you can go uh, with the bullshit. Yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah. I mean, all of it is explains my heart when I wrote this, you know, when I, when I got into it and tried to like said, I'm, I'm done with all this crap. And I want to write, because this this is basically kind of a, not a true story, because it's all uplifted, but it's kind of based on my dad, Mm -hmm. Uh, kind of based on, uh, you know, uh, family that uh, can't communicate. So I have to write a story that is, um, you know, gets all these uplifted parts which aren't necessarily true that my family has gone through but I, I needed to show them that we can come through life and forgive each other because i you know in, in a way i think human beings have value in forgiveness um and otherwise i mean where do you set the value how many cars or how many how much they have or you know what what they what they uh materials that they have it's it's about because any relationship that is a value in your life is how much you've forgiven that person for being imperfect Mm -hmm. because nobody is perfect and this is where you start that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah this song these lyrics are you know it's it's it's,
0: what about that line about the nihilist I, I, i loved i i I just like when I saw that when well, I saw that cross when I, yeah when I saw that line coming and I knew the melody line I was like oh first there's like there's a songwriter in me like oh this is gonna be nice that's gonna fit really nice into the <laughs> phrasing <laughs> and what are you, look, are you looking for a new I think that's really nice and huh? you're, look, you're looking for a new I can't read his writing Uh. the, la- the second to last line
3: looking looking for a new surface
0: I mean the, the the direct hit of the people you were talking with and the the wild eyes was really great. And then they, I was the catalyst. Uh, that's I mean that's probably why I like the nihilist, the catalyst nihilist. Like they're both in the same rhyme scheme, and those are the kind of words that I enjoy in songs. And someone almost like they're they're also kind of opposites. The catalyst is the things that make something happen. And the nihilist is the person, is the one who believes that nothing is going to happen? Right. right. Or is that, am I wrong on well, no, yeah. my on my definition of nihilism? A true nihilist out there is probably like, dude. There's just no moral. You don't get me. Like, yeah, I mean,
3: <laughs> no moral compass or value or like yeah, any belief.
2: Yeah. It's funny because I think you, because I'm writing a story about an antagonist, not the protagonist, what we were talking yeah. about before. And I think that's what the song is about. Like <laughs> this person that is, propelled the story along but not quite right that needs forgiveness i guess that's why you wrote it it's cathartic in a sense right mm-hmm.
3: or I mean, maybe he's never a
2: certain person in mind <laughs>
3: maybe <laughs> not, not to give too not, much away not totally but yeah uh, there was a there was yeah, a catalyst there was a moment person.
0: that cataly that was the catalyst for this yeah yeah, yeah.
3: and then later it, like you know like little lies, they, they turn into, they just snowball, you know, yeah and one person is affected more than the other, God, and I that,
2: and then it, it just it. turns into, that is exactly into... what the script is about,
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> you know what it's I mean, like little lies building up on yeah. y- on top of each other, on top yeah, of each other,
2: yeah, because, I mean, the whole thing, like I said, is at the end of his life, and it, things mm-hmm. didn't happen, you know, it just wasn't yeah. one happening, it yeah. was all these things that yeah. kept building upon each other, you know, that. Some the people witch. get
3: lucky and they get shattered early on and other people just continue to snowball out of, right, out of right. control.
2: Right. God, thank you. That is... <laughs> <laughs> You've actually inspired a little rewrite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to keep that theme going, you know. Yeah. Because you always feel like you need some big happening in a screenplay. Yeah. But it... it, it in a way, you know, this guy's looking back at his life and there there is a night that i put in that certain things happened because i felt like it needed to be in there. But now i don't think so. I think it's enough to have you know, you, you when you're, you know, when you felt like all this stuff has been done to you, you don't need to pinpoint one thing. I mean, you know, that's how it is in an argument. What did i do? Name one thing. Well, I mean, you know, it's not, it's <laughs> yeah. not about that. It's about yeah. like, you know, the accumulation of all this white lie or lies upon lies. Mm-hmm. That have to you have to keep it up after that. You know, you mm-hmm. have to keep up the story. You have to keep up the the front.
0: And what does that do to uh, the rest of your makeup? That's and like it,
3: the karma of it, right?
0: Right. Yeah. It's well, it's actually that stuff.
2: Else. That stuff is, when it's not communicated and it just keeps building. Mm-hmm. It keeps building, and you can't communicate about it. And it's the, you know, especially in families, you know, you have to be able to communicate to, to, in order to, I mean, you know, you can't get rid of family. I know there's a big thing that, because <laughs> I've been ghosted before. You can't just <laughs> leave someone you don't have to deal with them anymore, but you have to deal with family. yeah And that's, that's, that, that's what, this is somebody you have to deal with. This is something that they've accumulated and accumulated mm-hmm. and you're actually confronting it in the song. I mean, not to say it was one person, but it was was the idea of that that, that's been happening. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's pretty good. (sighs) Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, believe it. Yeah, believe it now. (laughs) Believe it. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball.